Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Hi, Jim. Hi, David. Hi, guys. Yeah, we're here with uh, Robert from uh, Robert's Guitar Dungeon, the YouTube channel. Uh, Mm -hmm. Today is his special interview day with us. Um, Yes, he will never forget this. He may regret it, but we'll uh, never forget it. This is probably the least professional interview we've done yet, Jim. This is awesome. All right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Because, well, Robert's got so much stuff, literally... Um, so those of you who don't know, Robert's Guitar Dungeon, uh, which is a YouTube channel, has 8,000 subscribers, grow- growing and going strong. And uh, Robert, um, each week, at least once a week, uh, lo- uploads a um, interesting and sometimes hilarious, <laughs> <laughs> on purpose or not, uh, video. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to ask you about a couple of them, because I got one, uh, your seven tips for selling your used gear, which I think is your newest one. I don't uh, know when I want to ask you about that second, one. I think that one went up Wednesday, but yeah. yeah. No, 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 you're, I'm sorry, I'm going to go up yesterday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, two a week, so. Yeah, okay, you do do two a week, because I see why I hate the Metal Muff, which I thought I was busting up not laughing at that one. <laughs> I, we got to talk about that, because I had a Metal Muff, and, and uh, yeah, I have some I have some very strong feelings on that pedal as well. <laughs> he just He just plays it and goes, See? <laughs> this you is awesome video. Look at the shit tones. <laughs> you know you know why I did that video? Because it, at about, I don't know what it was, six months or so ago, I did a video entitled, you know, Seven Worst Guitar Pedals Ever. Right. Have you guys seen that one? I think I so. I think so. It's, it's, that is one, one of the more popular videos on my channel. Um, it, well, I, I don't know about popular, but you know, one of the most viewed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, there was three pedals in that video that people absolutely lost their minds over, over that I did in there. The metal muff was one of them. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, you know, I, there, you know, the, uh, the other ones being the, uh, uh, the fuzz factory and, uh, the fuzz factory, I, I, that's the one that I saw and I'm like, it depends yeah, on what you're exactly. using it. it depends on what you're using you it for. About that. <laughs> you know, anyway, regardless, you know, I've I've always wanted to do a video or two on on a couple of those pedals that you know and actually show why I don't care for them. And right. um, you know, most most of the people in my circle feel the same way about the Fuss Factory that I do. So I, there's not one around that I can borrow. But, you know, uh, a, a buddy of mine did happen to have a metal muff that came my way. So he said, you know, you want to borrow this thing? And, you know, just, <laughs> I said, yeah, act, you know, as a matter, matter of fact, I actually do. Well, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm actually uh, not super far from you. You're somewhere in Indiana and I'm, I'm in Chicago. Yeah, so and I, I was just down. Yeah. And I was just, I have a friend that actually lives in Indianapolis. So maybe I'll come down, come down. And I'll bring you I'll bring you some stuff to try out sometime. You're only um, a couple days. Only a couple couple hours away, man. Yep, five five hours, I think. Oh, yeah, it's a little less than that. Oh, it's like no. four, it's like four we're, hours. Because I I, been, I get down there probably twice a year. So we're about in, we're about in Chicago. Uh, I'm in uh, Bloomingdale area, so like western suburbs. Okay, so you know by the time you go 
move yeah. through the city and get over into, you know, if, if you if you take the route where you got to go through the toll road and all that, it's about two, two and a half hours anyway. Yeah, so. you know, I have a guy, I, I got a buddy who drive he drives back he comes to my house and stays with me every couple every couple months and it's it's usually a three hour trip for him because sixty five is all tore up so <laughs> um, it's all well, perpetually that's yeah that, that's been going on for ten years now. that's nothing new <laughs> right so yeah we have we have the same thing um, the the intersection I don't know I know you don't know the road but sixty four two sixty four two of the major uh, local. Um, highways, we're talking eight lanes, um, converge in this one mess where each one gets one lane to go the other one. It's like here's eight lanes. You can get on this one lane road to try to, and it's and it's really curvy. It's not like it's not like um, okay, we'll just have you shoot over to it. No, you have to come all. The, you're going east both times, so you got to come all the way around. Come all the way you know, you know what that is? That's that's one of those things that you know people who make design highway designs and stuff all over the country. You know, people <laughs> look at highway designs and say, "This is what we don't want." Right. <laughs> so before we get any further, uh, I'm going to do the terrible house. road design. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do the housekeeping here. So, <laughs> and this is probably the best time to do it. You know? Uh, yes, it is. Are you a regular listener? Why not? Yeah. Subscribe to the Practical Guitarist using our chosen or your not our. We don't care what you use. Your chosen podcast app. Take the time to put in a review at the service where you found our podcast, like iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Get involved. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com/groups/practicalguitarist. And if you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can do so at questions at practicalguitarist.com. Follow us on Twitter at practguitarist. And uh, if you'd like to look up Robert's show, you can find him on YouTube as Robert's Guitar Dungeon, all one word. Yep. Or Yay. you can just search, search it as Robert's Space Guitar Space Dungeon. It still comes up. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, so um, back to the back to the seven the seven pedals. Video. What's the thir- what's the third pedal of the three that gets like <laughs> gets you the most shit? Uh oh. Uh-oh. David, you're you're cutting out a bit. Oh, say it again. What's the uh, of the three pedals that that people give you crap for in the uh, the seven worst pedals video? What's the other one? So the Fuss Factory, the Metal yeah, Muff, the and Metal Muff, and uh, the the third one that people didn't get quite as bent out of shape about this one as they did the other two. But the uh, uh, the Mad Professor uh, Golden Cello. Yeah, that no, I With, don't know anything about that one. So. It, it's weird. It's like an overdrive with a delay in it or something. I mean, it's just, and I get what the design <laughs> is. It's you know, it's really it's meant for single note soloing that you know, uh, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, as soon as you hit you know a chord, even a two note chord, you know, it sounds like absolute garbage. And you know, which is why I started calling it the Golden Shower pedal. <laughs> so. well, at least the name is funny. So so you know, we were talking about the fuzz factory. Now I got to I got to go back to this one cuz cuz I had a fuzz factory for a while and I don't know like I I actually kind of agree with you um mm-hmm. to to a point. So the fuzz factory itself like it's based on a fuzz face circuit. We're all familiar with fuzz face. We've all tried one at some point. Um and the fuzz face like the whole thing about it is is it cleans up the volume knob. I you cannot do that with a fuzz factory because it's a boosted fuzz face circuit mm. so there's another transistor in there and that's why and and, to, and that in my mind yes it makes it cool it can squeal and do all this crazy stuff if you're the into that hipster sort of noise rock stuff but as right. far as like being usable in a regular context no not yeah. that pedal 
No, not even close. And the and the 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 comments <laughs> that I got, you know, for all the and for some fuzz is like all of a sudden seeing this huge resurgence in popularity right now, which I'm sure you guys have seen. Um, you know, and I'm I'm not a fuzz guy. <laughs> uh, um, I'm not a fuzz guy. Regardless, you know, for those that are, you know, the fuzz factory is you know, getting this huge resurgence and the, the things that the the things I kept seeing recurring over and over in the comments regarding disagreeing with me on that were, um, things like, you know, well, Matt Bellamy muse, uh, you know, you know, these guys must, must use it. So that makes it a great, you know, that makes it a, a great, you know, whatever, um, no disrespect to Matt, Be- Matt Bellamy or muse or any of that stuff. But, you know, so they kept telling me that, and the other thing they kept that people kept saying, well, it's, it's just a, it's just a fuzz factory, or it's just a, uh, you know, it's a fuzz based circuit. All you have to do is turn the stab knob all the way down. No, and it's a- not. No, I have <laughs> one. No, it's not. <laughs> well, and even if it was, you know, why would you? If, if, even if it was just a fuzz, even if it was a fuzz based you know, circuit, you know, and everybody's telling you just to turn the stab knob all the way, all the way down. Why have the stab knob? Why is it on? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So the genesis of that pedal, and it's funny because a lot of people don't seem to understand this, but that pedal actually was born out of a Zoom pedal. Zoom did their analog pedal line back, I want to say around 2001-ish. Mm-hmm. And they had a pedal called, uh, I want to see, and I'll probably post it in the show notes because I'm probably going to get this wrong. I think it was called a Hyper Fuzz. And it, and it was the same concept. It was a boosted fuzz face that gave you controls for each of the resistors in the circuit so that you could, you could you know, continuously create your own sound. And that was kind of like the, the idea of the Fuzz Factory. So he didn't do it first. He right. refined that circuit, which is really right. funny. Uh, that the, the pedal that made ZVEX famous did not come just from his brain. Other mm-hmm. people were doing it first. So. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you know, regardless, uh, I, don't, I, I don't care what, how you got all the knobs on there turned. I still, <laughs> I can't, I absolutely can't stand it. Regardless, I think it's the most. You know, I mean, it's like plugging into a, you know, fifty transistor radio or something. Yeah. And, so yeah. it's hideous. <laughs> because I got Jim here on the line. I, you, you watched my fuzz video of what I did with the uh, the band of gypsies fuzz face, yeah. right? And. <laughs> Was that what you were expecting to get out of it? Like when I roll back the volume and it's like really kind of more like a distortion than it is a fuzz? Yeah, I. what I liked was um, actually when you rolled back a little bit, you did that piece and then you played the Hendrix chords. I actually thought that was closer That's exactly, in my mind. It was closer to what Hendrix was doing That's what Jimmy than did. when it was maxed out. He yeah. didn't play it maxed out. He rolled the volume knob back. Yeah. So anyway... Mm. Just a little thing. If you haven't seen the video, you might want to check it out. I we yeah, just well, I basically did what I did was I I played the fuss fact the no not the fuss factory I played the band of gypsies fuzz which is actually not a dyed in the wool fuzz face it's a very similar circuit but it's not one hundred percent accurate to what they would have been like and right. so I got it tweaked you know basically fuzz knob all the way up of course you play it with everything turned up on the guitar it just sounds like molten ass but if you dial <laughs> but if you but okay but that's a thing like. All right, you want your amp to sound like it's going to blow up? Get the fuss face out. Like, that's what you're going to do with <laughs> right. it. And then you roll that volume knob back, and you can get those classic rock tones that people have been after for years, and it's really not even that hard to do. So right. uh, I'm a fuzz face guy. <laughs> I, I actually, so I'm I'm a fuzz guy, too, to an extent. I don't like every fuzz pedal under the sun. I think a lot of them are, are really unusable. But mm-hmm. um, the ones that are usable, those are the ones that end up in my cabinet. 
And so right. I bought a sun face just the other day because I'm like, I want to, you know, this is supposed to be the most usable fuzz face there is. There it is. Yep. You know, so. As, yeah, as fuzz pedals go, I mean, you know, the fuzz back or the fuzz face circuits are probably the ones that I, you know, I get along with the best, even though, again, they're still not really my thing. But I like those a lot better than I do the muffs. And uh, uh, let's, yeah, let's talk that? about that metal muff for a minute. Because I had one of them too. <laughs> So we can I, talk about the metal muff. I had, I had the metal muff. Who, did, who didn't think it was about a, 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 a porno in uh, like science fiction? The metal muff. I mean, come on, what is this? Why do they come up with these names for this? Thing? <laughs> I don't look at me. I, I don't know. know. I'm just saying. You know, you know where I think the name for this one came from. The big muff being Electroharmonics's. You know that that's their cash cow and all right. that and. You know, they, you know, and this pedal, I think, you know, when it came out, you know, the metal zone have been around forever. And regardless of what people think about the metal zone now, you know, as much heat as that pedal gets, when it, when that pedal came out in the nineties, the only one that did it that, that thing was the shit. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, it, that, that, that pedal was the shit when it came out in the nineties, that was everybody's distortion, including mine. Yeah. So I, so I was Yeah. So I, mean, I still have mine. You know, so Boss has this huge corner of the market on metal distortion pedals that EHX didn't have anything to compete with. So I'm, and I don't know, this is just just uh, speculation on my part, but that's why they came out with the metal buff, and you know they stuck stuck the muff moniker on it for marketing to make sure it's sold. And yeah, here we are, even though it's not even remotely close to anything muff. <laughs> so here's my here's my impression. So I had the one with the top boost, right? So it's got it's big big enclosure. Uh, two yeah, they want the two buttons. Right. Okay. Yeah. So without the top boost on, I felt like it was trying to be something it's not. So I don't know. I I'm assuming this circuit is rat based, and that they've done like a lot of work to get it clean and like to make it more metalized and less like classic sounding. And right. then the top boost circuit, when you hit that, it was just like turning on a wah. It's like what the hell? What the hell is? It? And the whole pedal's voiced that way. It's like it's like you're playing through a wah pedal. So, yep. and I've seen that with some other metal stuff too. So I kind of shy away from those kind of pedals. Actually, my metal pedal of choice is the uh, Ibanez Smashbox, the SM7. It's a gray box. <laughs> one of their gray box pedals. No, oh, yeah. built-in gate. Uh, it's muscular as hell. It's got a lot of low end. And it's very, it's very like thumpy. And then it's got a really good treble control. And you can play metal with a strat with it. Mm-hmm. My favorite fuzz pedal is the DS1. That's well. <laughs> we're talking about fuzz. We're talking about distortions. I, I am. I was talking about a fuzz. Oh, you're talking about distortion now? Yeah. Well, nah. distortion. <clears throat> I don't know. You know, there's so many good distortion pedals. Um, but honestly, it's I easy mean, to point it, out the it, bad it, ones, though. Oh, you can definitely point out the bad ones. The DS1. <laughs> That's the why D- I said it's a fuzz so, pedal. <laughs> I know people hate the DS1 so much, but, but you can't. No, but Come you on. can't. But you cannot deny that certain people have gotten great sounds with DS1s. And Try there, are, I, I'm, Steve, Steve I, I Satriani's ever. used one on pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other guys in that genre too. And the thing is, they aren't using them like everybody thinks they are, where they're like turning the gain all the way down. The gains at like quarter of the way up. Right. So they actually get some yeah. grit out of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that thing gets gainy fast. I mean, oh, you guys yeah, both owned one, right? You don't need oh, to yeah. go any fat any further you than just, noon. 
And that thing is like, you know, it's right, right in your face. It's stored it. Nowadays, so, you know, the older, the older uh, made in Japan models from the 80s, though, those were a little bit more, you know, I mean, the, it was, the gain was still there, but the, the control was a little bit more linear, and it didn't right. take off on you when you hit 9 o'clock. You know what? You know what? Freaking distortion pedal! I hate. I it's, I don't know if it was on your number or your seven list, but it should have been. It's a damn Mojo Mojo from TC Electronics. Did he really? Yeah, I bought one of those for fifty bucks. I hated it. Yeah, that's well. It's an overdrive for one. Well, but, yeah, true. <laughs> the that the dark matter that uh, came out at the same time. That's the distortion equivalent. Is that any good? I actually really, I actually really like both of those pedals. To be yeah, honest, I but, think the the dark matter is real popular. The problem with the. Uh, the uh, Mojo Mojo for me was that, you know, of course, supposed to emulate like a Marshall Plexi, mm-hmm. but it doesn't roll off any of the highs. And, no, uh, and it's and it's awfully dark sounding to, yeah. to emulate Marshall. Right. It is dark sounding. So. so. All right. So before we get too much further, I, I've, we've got to ask you on camera here, those guitars behind you and those amps behind you. It's not a green screen. Stuff, it's not a green right? screen. It is. And that is not a green screen. Reach back there and touch one. <laughs> oh, here, you want to, uh, can you guys? Yeah, there you see, go. Oh, I see yeah. it moving. Uh, here. there you go. Well, there's, there's my Schecter that uh, you guys see in most of my pedal demos. Yep. Um, oh, let's see. What else we got? You guys will get a kick out of this. Uh, 1984 Kramer Focus. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, this was a recovery from a friend's attic uh, a number of really? years back. <laughs> Literally, been sitting there for twenty years. Uh, uh, let's see, nineteen eighty-five Hamer Scarab, Scarab nice. Dude Pacific, because I had the two pickup yep thing. So yeah, these are uh, you know no green screen behind. They're me, actually man. really up there. So he's not nicking the states then. Yeah, no, these, these are legit. <laughs> and and the um the thing is, so you used to work at Guitar Center. Did you get that from like when Mars Music was going out of business and you, <laughs> you grabbed that? I mean, where did you get that wall? Because I mean, most of us are doing what I'm doing behind me. You've got a wall of like actual stuff. hangers. No, it's it's just standard four by eight slat wall, which you can you know slat uh, slat yeah, that's what they call it slat wall, which oh. comes in four by eight sheets. You can buy it at Lowe's. You know, cost about. I don't think I think I paid forty eight bucks a sheet for it. So oh, I should have done. It's not bad. So I've got how much time I put into this. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want your place to look like a guitar store, you're gonna have to put in the extra effort to go into Home Depot hitting the slat wall. But I think what you did too Where is did you just fine. Because we get those hangers, you know, you see them at Guitar Center. Those are the ones with you the, can buy them you know, for Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. Can you? Yeah, the the hangers. Yeah. Uh, the ones I got in here, I think most of them came from Amazon, to be honest. But, yeah. um, but yeah, they're you know they're readily available. You can order them anywhere. Musicians Friends, unfortunately, does not have them on their site oh. anymore. But uh, yeah, Sweetwater uh, does. I saw them the other day. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy is now he's he's like, oh, Sweetwater, oh, I love you so much. I well, I got a rep over here. there that knows me by name and actually knows who I am. So that high mentality. <laughs> They they gave everybody Kool Aid while they're there. You will drink this Kool Aid. No, like it. no, it was water. It was poisoned water, but it was water. They poisoned the well. Right. <laughs> so, so Jim, now Jim, you used yes, to work yes, for yes, Guitar working. Center, right? Uh, I was a uh, I was a an assistant manager at the. I'm going to adjust my camera here. Oops. 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 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thomas Blue just carried his all the way around the house. This is fine. Thomas, we yeah, got Thomas this. all dropped his in the streets. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, he was leaning over his balcony taking shots of his car outside. It was quite amusing. <laughs> I was like, you know, we don't have insurance. Well. There we go. There we go, yep. There we go. Guess the living? Yeah, that's right. it. You all right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep, no, we're good. Uh, yeah, I was actually an assistant manager at the Indianapolis for about six years. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, I loved it. I loved, I loved working, uh, for, I loved working for GC and, um, you know, I loved everything about the, uh, about the industry. You know, I just, yep. you know, I love the guitar business. It's like, we, you know, it's like we all do, which is when I left the business, uh, back in 2014, um, the I will say the last six months that I was at the store, the room, you know, this room looked pretty similar to what it does now. And the door to this room was closed for the last six months that I was there and didn't come in here hardly at all, just because mm-hmm. I was I just, I just burnt out. And, you know, the direction that, you know, and there's talk still talk about all over the place in you know, the direction that uh, not just the, not the company, but the entire industry is going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just got burned out. So, so after being away from it for six months or so, I was, you know, so, you know what? I probably got $40,000 worth of gear in that room. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, maybe it's time we start doing something with it. And, um, you know, that's how, that's how my YouTube channel got started. And, uh, I'm actually, you know, just on being transparent with you guys, I'm actually back in the business and working for a musician's friend. So, oh, uh, okay. so I don't talk about that on my channel very much just because I like to keep the two entities separate, but, but, uh, and I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to be back doing what I doing, what I'm doing. So, right. Uh, I, I got to ask you, so the, the, um, uh, a couple days ago or a day ago, um, you put up a video called Seven Tips for Selling Your Used Gear. You may not want to hear. And I'm going <clears> to, <throat> um, I, I did comment on there. Um, right. And I'm going to kind of um, uh, go over that a little bit. That um, You talked about the used gear. And, mm-hmm. and I want you to talk about that because <clears throat> I think everybody forgets whether you're, you're in the video game industry I was in the comic books and cards industry. Anything that's kind of collectible like that. Obviously, guitars, pedals, um, cars. Um, everybody wants to yell at the place, oh, when I trade in, I get a crappy deal. Well, unless you're going on concession, which some stores do consign, mm-hmm. um, you are going to, and even then, you're still going to take a hit. But you are going to take a hit. And like you said, Sometimes you take that guitar, I don't care what guitar it is, I don't care who made it, when you take it off the shelf, 99% of those guitars lost 30 to 40% of their value the minute they walked out the door. Mm-hmm. As the, the direct return policy is gone. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose. And, and that's in anything you're trading. I don't care what it is. You take home the Marvel Universe movie and then go to sell it, and you're going to get you know pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a. That's just like so. You get the same thing that people will complain about their thing. 
you know, even with cars, they drive them off a lot. Everybody knows they're going to depreciate right after you drive it off a lot. And they still complain. Oh, my car's already depreciated this much money. Well, it's like, first off, why are you trying to buy another car right after you just bought one? Somebody made a bad decision. Don't blame the car industry because you made a bad decision. Like, right. I, I get that whole thing, but to apply it to guitars and make out like that's a separate thing, like guitars shouldn't lose value like that. Listen, what other item do you own other than gold that doesn't drop in value when you buy it? Exactly. And I, you know, uh, I don't care if it's guitars or, you know, uh, or your microwave in your kitchen you know i mean it's you know they I, everything depreciates and that is you know let, let's call it what it is i mean capitalism at its finest right yep yep, yep. <laughs> you know, that's how that's how that's how businesses uh you know continue to get more money out of you um you know by coming out with new products and you know and as new products come out some of the old products that we have are obsolete you know things like that and you know but the reason why i put up that video is because um you know, it's, it's some of the comments that I still get on some of the older ones you know, that I've done on similar topics uh, related to used gear. You know, I get people. One guy commented, and oh god, this! If I were, if he were standing in front of me, I'd, I'd have punched him in the throat for being so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, he said, you know, he was he went on this rant in four different spots on this thread, you know, about Guitar Center, and. and you know, so I, you know, and usually when when that happens, I just, you know, I will either try to offer up uh, a perspective from the other side of the counter, or right. ask a couple more questions because you know, there's obviously some, you know, either some details being left out, or I just want to make sure that I'm understanding exactly what happened because mm-hmm. ninety, I don't know about ninety percent of the time, but eighty and eighty percent anyway, when somebody's ranting and raving about something that went bad at guitar center or any other place there's usually a few details that are being left out in my experience sure and you know so what had ended up happening after four different comments in the same thread like i said you know is he was he was all pissed off because you know he tried to return a, an amp or something that he bought 60 days after he bought it and uh was was complaining it was only 15 days after the, after the return policy and, you know, Guitar Center, a bunch of shysters, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, so finally I was like, Guitar Center has a 45-day return policy, which is the longest return policy in the industry by two weeks. And, you know, 45 days is 45 days. 60 days is yeah. not 45 days. And, you know, meanwhile, you know, and there's people, you know, he's just going on. And, you know, anybody can get to listen to him. Well, of course, because. About. <clears throat> You know, trying to make Guitar Center the bad guy, and yeah, and unfortunately, there's enough of that that's going on that you know it's it's kind of hurt their reputation. And I'm not saying that they're not completely at fault. You know, I mean they've 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 made their mistakes, yeah. um, but you know the the entire industry's you know made you know made made a lot of mistakes right now. So, so you know. Well, every store. It's always gang up on the on the big market retailer too, and you know I I've said yeah. my piece about Guitar Center on the show. I'm sure you've probably heard some of my rants. Like I don't I, do. I don't necessarily have anything against <laughs> the people that work at Guitar Center. I'm, my my bigger complaint is I think that the company had a lack of direction for like three or four years where they didn't know what to do, and now they've kind of figured it out, but it may be too late. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, you know, so I was in Albany, New York, and the Guitar Center in Albany, New York has done what our Guitar Center is looking at doing. They've 
um, instituted um, lessons. That's really what's saving. You know, everybody talks about the mom and pop. They're always like, oh, my old mom and pop. And their thing is they sell lessons. I bet you they do. Yeah, most of the the mom and pop, that's how they survive. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing I try to explain to people is, you know, the mom and pop shops don't get by on selling gear. I mean, they get by on lessons and repairs. Yep, right. That's that's their bread and butter. And the mom and the mom and pops didn't give you any better deal on your guitar than than Guitar Center does. It, guitar Center is offering you sixty percent, typically, typically sixty percent. I had I had mom and pops. I'd walk in with a piece of gear, they wouldn't even look at it. At least mm-hmm. Guitar Center would take it. You right. know, <clears throat> um, yeah, because their their audience, um, for the most part, they are going to be relatively local. And the the um, the other point that I wanted to make is people forget that and you and you I know you know this because you were talking about that flying V2 that you guys had on the wall <laughs> and I was like oh Dark. if you only known I'd have bought that because I'd have bought that thing like that. That was a that was a kick ass guitar man. I had one in the original so mine was like a year old. They couldn't give those things away back then. Yeah, so in nineteen eighty three we're talking about a um a nineteen eighty to eighty two that was the only three years they made them. Um uh, Gibson Flying V2, and if you guys look them up, you'll see why they're yep. kind of weird. Yeah, and, well, uh, got to have those weird V-shaped pickups and the scalloped, uh, the scalloped bodies on them. Yeah, was- the scalloped body, and it was really gorgeous. I mean, the, the guitar itself gorgeous. Um, weighed a ton for as small as it was, mm-hmm. and um, but I, I, that would have brought it back my childhood. That would have been my my first, you know, few months in the Navy was that playing that guitar. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I was like, ah, oh, geez, I could have got one. It was you said it was a mint, mint condition. I would have. I it was. Uh, I mean, it's it's tough to classify what exactly a mint condition would mean on a guitar that old, but it was it was really clean. So that's what I, I would have bought it in an instance. But people people get. I bought that guitar for five hundred dollars in nineteen eighty two. Now, if you throw five hundred dollars into a CPI, you know, and see what it comes up to today, right? You know, it's going to be about twelve hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So really, it didn't appreciate all that much. Mm-hmm. But it's the guitar was it depreciated like that when it first came out. Get <laughs> that is. Um, so I, I walked into one um, store up in upstate New York, and I bought this. Um, uh, I wish I still had it because I love this bass. It was a four string um, PV Millennium, but it wasn't a BXP. It wasn't made overseas. It was still when they were making them in the states. Yeah, and it had a um, a hip shot drop D tuner, right? Mm. So it was beautiful bass, and it was a tiger eye. And I walk into the store, and I go, "That price new?" And it was like three ninety nine, some ridiculous number like that, four ninety. And and the um, guy says, "Yeah, it's it's um it's brand new." And I said, "Um, is that a real price? I mean, you guys really only want that much?" <laughs> and the guy's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "That's like seven hundred dollars off." And he goes, yeah, we can't give it away. I mean, if yeah. you want to buy it, go ahead and buy it. He goes, I, I wish you'd buy it. And I bought it. I went to a guitar center um, in uh, Texas, same guitar, full price, mm-hmm. and, and it sold while I was there. So it's really got to do with your area, too, in that sometimes things are really wanted in that area, and other people are like, eh, I don't want that. Yeah. You know? Well, that's... That you know the V two, we had you know what by the you know we sold that guitar and I was, uh, 
actually, Dave, I was up in Chicago probably six months or a year later for Chicago Music Exchange, and they had another one just like it. How much they want for it there? <laughs> Three grand? Uh, yeah, probably. It, it was like 30. It was it was well over 30. I mean, it was like That's 30. why I said I would have bought yours in a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, now, I don't know how long theirs have been hanging there, but uh, oh, it, well. it was... So let me, so let me, for, for audiences not familiar with Chicago Music Exchange, you've never been in there. Chicago Music Exchange, and I, and I tweeted at them today, because they had this thing about, you know, the price of guitars and where the costs are actually at that they published. It went out on their Twitter. But I tweeted at them, I was like, all right, fine. If what you're saying is true, you're saying that the local mom and pops and your other music stores are getting a 50% margin? There's no effing way. And, no, then, and, and then, that's just it. And then I, and I, a part of the tweet, I'm like, what about your sister company? I mean... Because that's Reverb that published this article, but CME, oh, yeah. but CME, I mean, they don't sell anything new in that store for any less than five hundred dollars. Right. So it's like you guys are basically setting your own bar there, and and they're notoriously expensive, even on vintage stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Very little haggle room. But that being said, if you want, if you need a place where you need to go try out a bunch of seventies Les Pauls and pick one. That's where you go. I mean, they're gonna because you've seen that wall. I mean, they have basically. What year do you want? <laughs> it's a beautiful store. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, it's you never been. If never been in there. It's you know. It's you know just to go in and look around. It's worth the price. But but re, but reverbs what's making all the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm willing to bet on that one. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's the thing. Everybody's talking shit about reverb. Reverb, reverb is really just a low priced. Um, uh, what did I mention earlier? Uh, where you bring it in, you can sign it. You're consigning yeah, it's your exactly stuff on what reverb. It is. Right. It's consignment sales. And all they're doing is they're brokering the sale, right? And they're giving some protection to the seller, some protection to the owner. We've all heard reverb horror stories too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I could tell, right? I mean, tell you something that would make your skin crawl, but yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you, you know... There's no perfect thing. You, you're um, you're going to put a guitar up for sale. You're going to have this much money you expect to get for it, right? We go into a store. I paid I paid nineteen hundred dollars for that, um, or two grand for that CE hanging behind me. Mm-hmm. It's now on sale for eighteen ninety nine, mm-hmm. and I've seen the exact same guitar hanging used for twelve ninety nine. So you can't you can't um, expect to. Grab a guitar or an amp or whatever, bring it home and get your money back that instantly. It's not going to happen. Well, but you and, and I, but you and I look at it as a as a uh, that's the the uh, rental fee anyway. Yeah. What's that, what's that one that you mentioned, um, Robert? There was one you mentioned that was like a Kramer or something that they that they heavily. Um, I don't know if it was musician's friend or whoever that heavily um, discounted it and flooded the market. So the used market was even higher than the than a new market. Mm. Remember which one I'm talking about? It was a great example. It was like it, it, the used market was like a three hundred dollars or something, and then all of a sudden they flooded the market with two hundred fifty dollar versions of this thing. It was this guitar, yeah, Charvel Desolations. Uh, That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of funny because. I, you know, when I bought this guitar, I, I was I was still at the store when these when these came out. And if you guys remember, these were in all the magazines and right, all the right, right, right. Every, every time you turn around, Fender was plugging this, you know, the Charvel new Desolation series of guitars. Yep. Um, and 
you know, and uh, and I remember when they, when we finally got a hold of them, you know, this particular model. This is the this is the Skatecaster, but the the SKT the SK whatever it is. But, right. Yeah, you know, this is the upper end one with the neck through and any uh, EMGs and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, and I remember playing this guitar and I'm thinking, man, that this is really a lot of guitar for the money. Yeah. So fast forward, you know, a year or two later, you know, and I've I've uh, left the business and doing something else, and you know, this thing pops up on a uh, stupid deal of the hour for one ninety nine. <laughs> that shit was that was a <laughs> regular price on this guitar was six forty nine. This thing pops up for one ninety nine. So you know, naturally, I jump on. I'm you know, I'm on the phone. I got my credit card out. You know, yep. you know, here we are today. So I'm thinking, man, you know, worst case scenario, if I, you know, if I need to sell it, I could probably sell it, you know, again for you know three, maybe even four, make a couple hundred bucks. You know, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, this is a fantastic deal. Yep. You know, and then go, you know, a year later, I go to look up, look them up on eBay and see what they're doing you know, everywhere else, see what they're selling for, and they're barely bringing two, three hundred bucks just because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, it was flooded. The market Everybody. was flooded. Everybody. I've seen that happen with other guitars too. Um, the the used prices on the GNL, um, the ASATs, even the even the tributes, the ones that are actually made in you know Indonesia, Korea, or wherever, depending on what year you've got, um, the, right. the the higher end ones, because you know musicians friend, it's not musicians friend, I think it's Guitar Center, uh, has the stupid deal of the day model that they sell occasionally for like. I think it's like three fifty or four hundred, and that one is not the same as your typical ASAT. It doesn't have the same bridge and stuff. But the, mm-hmm. but because that guitar exists at three at three ninety nine, it's driven the price down on the used market. So you can get a used ASAT for like two seventy five. And that one goes on sale often. They yeah, have that once a month of a day. Yeah, well, at least. Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As soon as you think you got a great deal on it, two weeks later it's on sale. No, I don't. And it's, and it goes between musicians friend guitar center and musicians friend. So yeah. We all know that's the same company. That but. used to be that that particular instrument used to be a musicians friend slash guitar center exclusive, and uh. now it is being offered to their other dealers. So I don't know if that exclusivity ran out or what. But and I think the price on it's three seventy five for other dealers. That's, so that's pretty. And I'll say that's pretty typical. If you guys remember when the uh, Les Paul traditional pros first came out, right? You know the one uh, when you know they had the. the the zebra coil pickups and push pull they sold brand new for 1999 i think now they're on a third generation of those but that when those first came out those were a guitar center exclusive as well right yeah and for for the first couple of years yeah so So exclusivity short term (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it won't depend on how well they do right right and, and and the same is also true for for Sam Ash and uh, you know some you know the all, some of the other big companies also have exclusive. Sure, sure. Sweetwater does it too. They have all the satin finished PRSs and stuff that they sell. So yeah, it's so quite let me, very, let me ask you something. You were you were talking about um, how you were let down by the industry right now, mm-hmm. and I got to say this. So here's the thing about exclusivity, and you guys, I, I'm bringing it up because it's a great segue for that. <clears throat> so you go to Sweetwater, right? Sweetwater's got a, a CE, exclusive CE, right? And the only difference is instead of that being a shiny finish, it's a, it's matte, a finish. matte finish. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's like saying, um, you know, hey, I'm going to Walmart to get my copy of Avengers movie because they've got an exclusive um, you know, Spider-Man uh thing in the in the corner. There's a there's a mask for the Iron Man 
that I can get if I put in this Amazon code. It's well, it's, it's well, it is silly shit. It is, right. it is. But okay, so when you see one in person, and that's what I want to uh, what I want to talk about. So I've seen them, right? And my my whole thing was like I thought, oh, well, it's still. Hold on, hold I was I gotta have some Kool Aid. I gotta have some Kool Aid. I was in the same boat <laughs> as you, Jim. I I thought the same thing. I was like, well, who would want a matte finish anyway? Because they don't wear well. But then you see them, and you're like, oh, I see why they're ordering these matte. But the thing is, you're Sweetwater. You don't have a retail store to show this to people. So what the hell is right. the point? That's what my point is. That is the one. Believe it or not, that's the one version of that guitar that sits on the website. You can watch all the other colors. You know the Trampus Green and the and the um, black that I come got. in and come in and out. Go in and out. You can see the serial numbers. It's it's really cool that you can do that. You can look at serial numbers. That flat black that just sits. Yeah, and it, well, and the flat colors. The sad thing is, they look great for I'm certain sure. people. You know, if you're a collector, I'd get the flat color. Well, then there yeah, and there might be some truth to that, especially 20 years from now. But you know, at the same time, who knows? I mean, you're always ready to take a risk as a collector, anyway. So, well, sure, you know, if you're buying something for long-term collectability. But yeah, the thing with PRS players, and I think both of you guys can probably, uh, you know, probably account for some of this, or or at least understand what I'm what I'm alluding to. But you know, PRS players is a big attraction to why those guys love PRS guitars is aesthetics. Yep. Uh, yep. PRS, no question. PRS and Taylor, for some reason, those two brands, you know, they, you don't see too many of those guys that just totally beat the shit out of their guitars. Right. Like, right. Um, you know, those guys treat, they treat their instruments like they're absolute gold. Yeah. So, and to your point, Dave, you know, a matte finish on a PRS just, you know, it's it's like you know, it's it's like a Harley Davidson guy, you know, it's like a Harley Davidson guy that want you know the, you know, none, you know, any true diehard Harley Davidson guy, none of them are going to go buy a Sportster, right? You know? Right. right. <laughs> Even though that was my first Harley. Okay, so but, but that's my point. Yeah, <laughs> that's but, my point. That's the entry level. Exactly. So, you know, we talk about that. There's certain things, you know, go back to your used things. There's certain things you're never going to get out of your guitar. You're never going to get upgrades out of it. And it's interesting you brought Harley up because the same thing they tell you when you go to bring a Harley back and you try to trade it in. They're like, nobody cares that you got skull whatever. On or your chrome exhaust tips, you know. Nobody gives a shit because yeah. guess what? They're going to put their own up in there. Yeah, as it sits, it's customized to one guy individual, one one guy on the planet, and that's the guy that's trying to sell it to me right now. Right. You know. So I, you know, uh, it, you know, while I, of course you can't come out and say this to people when when you're standing on the other side of the counter, but yeah. I don't give a shit what kind of improvements you made yeah. to, you know, your, you know, your 2006 made in Mexico Strat. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had guys, especially at mom and pop, say, like, you got the original parts to, to throw in the box, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. well, all right. You know, I kind of get it. Um, yeah. You know, it is what it is. Uh, so, the <laughs> main thing well, is don't modify something expense. that you're going to sell. Right. Take right. out those modifications. If you want to get your money back, take them out and put sell them, back them stock. after. Exactly. Well, put them, put them back to stock and... You know, it's you know, unlike an import guitar like that, you know, I mean, nobody's going to really care much about solder points and, th and things like that. But uh, you know, but down the road, you know, on, a, on an American-made instrument or a high-end Japanese instrument, yep. you know, those, you know, the, the little things are going to matter, and that includes whether or not the solder points are original. So, yeah. Uh, well, you know, 
hopefully um, we have enough vintage instruments in this generation that that's never going to be an issue for stuff that's like, you know, 90s era and later. Because we, let's face it, back before that, it was a lot more rare to find certain guitars than it is now. And it's, I mean, like, how many Epiphones come off the shelf every day? How many Fenders come out of the factory and end up in the store? Like, you, you know what I mean? It's just, there's a lot more going on now. Um, and hopefully people are taking better care of them and they don't end up on the scrap heap because that's what builds that, that value. Right. So, yeah, it's, well, you know, some of them are, you know, uh, that's another thing though, when it comes to, it comes to the used market is, you know, rare does, does not always equal value. Right. (laughs) Sometimes things, they didn't make a lot of them because they were shit. That's what happened. I got So I got to ask you about this other video. We can move away from gear a little bit. Top 14 greatest guitar players ever. I had to laugh at some of the responses people had. Oh, you're not, you don't know. You know, you were like, these are the guys I like. You even said, these are the guys I like. They may not be your favorites, but they're mine. And then you went through it and people still like, you're wrong. <laughs> That see so no that you had to know when you did that video that that's what was going to happen like you oh, had to you know like, oh absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I, you know between the, uh, the the best video the the one that has that has attracted the most views on my channel so far is the one that I did on the uh, the worst uh, the worst production guitars uh, oh yeah yeah I watched that again uh, the other day <laughs> yeah I think I watched that one and that one made uh, sense to me yeah. So. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't get a whole lot of, you know, most of the people that commented on that one, uh, 90% of them were commenting because they, you know, they loved my response to the reverse flying V. <laughs> oh, the, uh, the reverse flying V is one. Um, uh, Samurai guitarist actually said he he, he, he he was hurt by, he was like, oh, that's my favorite guitar. Of course, he was, he was, uh, he was good hearted about it, the, but it was pretty funny. The reverse V, <laughs> the poly modern. And you know, it's funny is Gibson has like a bunch that should be on those, like, like twenty worst lists for those, Girl. and then they have the your... three like top ones. <laughs> what about your list of of worst custom guitars? And you had the one where the guy is playing a, a guitar that has a teenage girl on it. <laughs> what the... <laughs> the pedophile? Yeah, <laughs> the pedophile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That thing doesn't come with a panel van for a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I drive a panel van. Damn it! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what your number one was there, and and that one is the one that sticks out the most in my head. Is that that guy playing a guitar that has like a little girl on it? And I'm like, what kind of sick perverted? <laughs> the same people that buy the Miku. Yeah, no, who's, yeah, who's, yeah, who's you know who's the who's the more sick bastard? The guy that built it or the guy that, that played? Yeah, it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And look at the, the the look on the guy's face modeling with it. He's like, look at me. Yeah, right. You're, you're just th- you're thinking about this all wrong. That, that <laughs> guitar was built so that his panel van, so that he could ask people to help him put load his van with his cast on. No, mister. <laughs> that's, that's what that was for. Can you help me load this? Can you help me move this into uh, my uh, van? Uh, <laughs> to, to answer your question, oh yeah, I you know, but. I've, I've done a few of these, and you know it's it's inevitable that uh, somebody's going to come back and because all these videos, that's all they are. Is, you know, it's just me sharing my opinions on a couple of things, goofing right. off. Uh, you, you know, and, and, and quite honestly, in a lot, you know, a lot of cases, me just trying to attract some views and you know, and generate some interest on my channel. Sure, um, they're, they're oh, quick bait. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. 
Well, we're yeah, doing it too. If any YouTuber out there tells you they're not doing that, they're full of shit. Well, so. we, mm-hmm. we we made a video called "This Is Not Clickbait," so <laughs> yeah, we made a, a, a podcast a, a podcast that was called "This Is Not Clickbait," which was obviously clickbait. Yeah. Clickbait, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, so yeah, I knew I knew it was going to happen, and you know, I just I I didn't. Ex- I've had a couple of people that you know like commented that they were unsubscribing over that, which I, you, you know, would think that you know you think you ran over their cat. That's yeah, and that was my response. I mean, you, you know, it's, I mean, it's like Jesus. I mean, I shared my list of favorite guitar players, the guys that I like. I mean, I didn't run yeah. over your dog with my car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we went around this this panel right here, we'd have three different favorite guitar play, players. Yeah, probably I'd, very uh, mm-hmm. a very yeah, different I'd list for each of us. And, and we'd have, yeah, a list of top fourteen. I think I put. I said, I don't think I have four. I actually don't think I have 14 top guitar players. I had to list 14 players that I could think of. That's mm-hmm. what I was. <laughs> so it was like, okay, let me see. Uh, number one, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Jake we should, Lee. <laughs> we should do that sometime. Maybe it's like a holiday special. Like get the three of us together and we'll do a 10 best list of some sort. And, yeah, we could do that. Yeah. And then argue about it. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it just, here's the. I used to say this when I was when I was at the store all the time, but guitar players as a whole are the biggest bunch of whiny little bitches. Yep. Yeah, we are. We so, are. You know, and, no question about it. Yeah, and I and I and I am one, so I can say that. But yeah. you know, if you you know think about it, how many times you have you run across? I don't like the way it plays. The frets are too wide. I don't. The pickups aren't hot enough. Oh, shut up. How many times have you heard a guy? Um, Get a guitar in his hands. He's like, "Oh, I love this. It's so nice. It's so sleek. It's the best guitar I've ever played." Do you have it in purple or do you have it? In- I mean, it's like you. How often? Are, what are you doing with it? Like, are you are you Jody? Are you getting your next um, you know, calendar? I mean, what is it that you're doing with this thing that needs it to be a certain color? Right. Well, so to to go with your comment. Um, when I was in college, uh, I studied recording science. I have two years of uh, what they call the program is called technomusicology from the the local college where I was at. And um, one of the things that we talked about was how because because I don't think he I don't think the uh, professor realized I was a guitar player, but he he made a comment about how you know you got to be careful when guitar players are in the studio because they worry about every little thing. And he's like right down to the cables. He's like, you'll never get a keyboard player or anything like that that's concerned about what kind of cables you're using. Like, doesn't give a shit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, what brand strings? Like that that never happened with a keyboard player. He just doesn't care. In right. fact, most of the time, he doesn't even care what keyboard he's playing. You know, it's right. like, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the guitar players are a totally. I mean, just and the realms of musicians. I mean, we're. A, a, a very fickle quite a different breed from everybody else. A fickle you know? oh, bunch. Uh, are. Yeah, well, I used to I used to tell people the store all the time. I mean, seriously, how many lead singers do you know of that 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 piss and moan about what kind of microphone they're singing into? Uh, yeah, I could point you to a couple. <laughs> no, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and I'm sure they're out there. But, no, they are, they are, but they, but it's not because but, of a tonality thing. It's because they've learned to use this certain microphone, and it's very difficult for them to use another. <laughs> and the and the particular case of that is the 58. A lot of guys yep. can use the SM58, but they cannot transition to like an Audix or anything else. So, oh, yep, I'll, I'll be honest. So I've been using an SM58 since well, since 
I, I can't even remember another um, microphone. And one time I had to use a electro harmonics or an audix or something like that. Somebody was like, I was like, oh no, my 58. And they were like, yeah, we got, we got um, an EV. Oh, it was a sound man. It okay. was this sound man. He was like, um, it, you know, we played this festival and he says, oh, you can't use your 58. I said, what? Can't, what do you mean? I can't use my 58. Oh no, we have to have these special microphones. He's putting it in there and, and setting everything up. <clears throat> and it was all his gear. Um, and then anyway, long, long story short, I really couldn't get the feel of where I liked the responsiveness to where the voice comes out and where the high end is. Cause I sing all the high parts and well, it's like, and, and, and singers use the, the, the cavity of their mouth in order to generate right. that high and mid range. So <laughs> if they can't find it, they have to alter their technique. And, the, and no but, two singers are going to be exactly the same because the roofs of our mouths and the way our lips are shaped and the way we form vowels. Cause really, you know, if you go to any singing Academy or anything, they're going to tell you that singing is made up of vowels broken by consonants. Typically that's why you can have half time, not understand uh, a rock singer is because the vowels are there, but the consonants are Van missing. Morrison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Van Morrison's a great a great example because the guy used his voice like it was a horn. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I try to do a Van Morrison tune, like you know, Brown Eyed Girl, even you know, when he's going you know into that thing, that scatting at the end, you're like, how exactly am I going to you know do that? And it really is working around the microphone. And people are like, oh, he's just moving his head around. I'm like, I'm not moving my head around randomly here. This is a it's a real thing. I'm trying to get mm. some tremolo. <laughs> now we we got to mention before we end today because I, I know we're going. We're oh, we got plenty end, of time. We got plenty of time. Long before we come up to the end, though, I want to I want to ask you about the music program that you um, you're a part of. <clears throat> yeah, uh, it's you know share the music, which I I try to I try to talk about in or promote in all of my videos. <laughs> They're, uh, they're an organization. They take donations of uh, broken or unwanted instruments uh, of any kind, and uh, then they, they repair them, they refurbish them, whatever needs to be done to them. Uh, and then once you know they're back to a playable instrument, you know those instruments get donated to you know children or uh, music programs that wouldn't have an opportunity otherwise to own an instrument, um, you know, by their own means and. When I was at Guitar Center, my uh, my first manager, one of the one of the first things that he that he taught me that always stuck with is, you know, it's it's cool to sell, you know, the the, the high end Les Pauls, you know, and the Fender Strats, and uh, you know, it's you know that's those those are fun, but yep. you know, there is no better feeling than. You know, a young a young boy or girl that comes in with their family to buy their first guitar. You know exactly. And, you know, and sure. you know why? Because I remember thirty something years later, to this day, I still remember the guy that sold me my first guitar. And you know that is a big moment in that person's life. And you know it, it's and to me it's it's an honor to get to be a part of that. But there are there's a large contingent. Of people who will, you know, who just don't have the opportunity to experience that, right? And that's Very why cool. I want with uh, with share the music, and you know, and you know, my involvement with them, you know, for the record, you know, is just I just support them. So, you know, the uh, the founder and CEO is a uh, a guy named Josh Paul, is a friend of mine, and you know, he 
basically runs the entire thing himself. But, uh, um, you know, as soon as he as he started that, you know, as soon as he launched it two or three years ago, you know, I kind of jumped in with both feet, and uh, you know, I, I, I really wanted to make that a, a focal point of uh, of my YouTube channel, and you know, and it's it, it's it's done quite a it's uh, it's it's generated a few donations that I know we've gotten like a couple of string stuff, you know, that uh, those those types of things actually have gone to the <coughs> um, Peyton Manning Peyton Manning Children's Hospital. Oh, okay. And um, you know the uh, court, you know Peyton Manning, of course, is a legend. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> um, but then, you know, but one of the reasons why he is as popular as he is, he when he, especially when he was still playing for the Colts, he did a lot for our community, and the Children's Hospital was a big part of it. Um, Josh shared a story with me about <clears throat> six months or so ago, right after we had gotten, uh, you know, we just donated donated a violin that uh, had been sitting in somebody's closet for, you know, who knows how long. And there's a young, you know, a young girl, six, seven years old, that she has to go to the Peyton Manning Children's Hospital every month for chemotherapy. You know, or it might even be every week. I don't know how often it is. But, you know, but she is, you know, a young girl in that much pain actually looks forward to going because that's her opportunity to get to play that violin. And, you know, that's that's why it's important. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll uh, if you could shoot us over um, their link and we'll put it in the uh, podcast notes for this episode. And if any of our listeners have any uh, instruments laying around, uh, please uh, reach out to this organization. See about uh, donating. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Okay. Ask you the John Petrucci. Mm -hmm. You uh, you did the Majesty. Yeah, uh, you did the first one. What did you like? What did you think? What you? How'd you feel? What both of them? Would you buy it? The Majesty. He did. Yeah. Oh, you did. That's right. You did buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Oh, here it comes. I wanted to see this. By the way, <laughs> this is t- entirely selfish. Oh, look at that. Oh Hell my yes, God. Oh yeah, that is beautiful. I saved my money for a year and a half to buy this guitar. I don't think, you know, at least, you know, something like that. I mean, I, normally I buy like two or three guitars a year. I have not bought a guitar in almost uh, almost two years. Jim, he's was, got one over <laughs> on us. Yeah, because... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, what, what, I had not bought a guitar. I <laughs> yeah, but how, did, how the hell did that thing it's come about? Po- what, Okay. Did you guys take New England in the Super Bowl or something? No, 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 no. Oh, hell no. We don't. I don't even watch football, and Jim burned all his football gear. That's part of the reason why we're here. Um, yeah. No. So that's, that's a discussion. That's for a whole another, another day. like. Ask us when this episode's over. Right. <laughs> no, but uh, the, the year of no gear just came about because uh, Jim and I were talking about like basically trying to be practical and i mean yeah look there's a lot of dudes that do what we do meaning you me and jim and buy all the time and we're buying and selling and flipping and all that stuff to get you know what we want but the reality is you don't have to do that i mean if you're just playing out and like or maybe recording get your stuff set and you know what learn to use your stuff because a lot of people just I want to buy new. I want to buy new, and they never stop to like look at what they have and actually get the most value out of it. So, right. yeah, and I and I am not looking at this Paul Reed Smith um, uh, 
PRS 30 head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not looking at it right now. Um, this is an item that Jim is not going to buy, by the way, people. I'm not buying it this week. We, he we says. Do, uh, we do our, once a week, we do our, what are we not buying this week? I am not buying this PRS, <laughs> this PRS 30 head. I don't want um, any part of this, of this, this game. This shenanigans? <laughs> I, I, I don't blame you. But, you, know, I, you know what? All right, so let's do a status update on this because because you're you're a listener to the show, so you, so you know um, we've been doing this for a couple weeks, and, or actually this is we're going into week two. Uh, it's not been hard for me. Like I'm not looking at things. There's nothing I'm jonesing for. Um, I got pickups coming, which were ordered pre, and then I've also got uh, my my um, sunface coming. That's pre, but like I'm not even thinking about those items right now. You know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about learning these Jimi Hendrix tunes that I'm learning to sing right now. That's what I'm worried about. Jim, I know you're looking at various guitars. You're sending me stuff throughout the week. You're like, man, damn this year of no gear, you know, like. <laughs> so, all right, let me ask you this, uh, Robert, because you're you're a pro on the used, gar- used guitar market. No, here There's we go. There's a guy in locally who wants 975 for a Pelham Blue SG. 2018 Pelham Blue SG standard, nine seventy five. Nine seventy five. Don't you think that's a little high? I I yeah, do. I do. I th- you know if, even at eighteen. I mean, yeah. No. no I, well, I, it might be a twenty seventeen. So what would you offer him? Would you go in at eight hundred? No. Give, you, give him the whole story the- on this though. It's got it's got so on you know where the neck joint's yeah. at. There's a line, and it's the typical like finish cracking is what it looks like along the. Uh, but along the the seam, neck pocket. Yeah, the where the seam's at. It's it's in mm-hmm. the finish. It's the straight up and down line where this where the body joins the neck, and it doesn't it doesn't go on the back of the heel, just on the sides. So it looks like it, uh, from what I've seen of of a lot of the modern SGs, I I've seen that as like a hairline finish crack. I have one in mine. So no, probably yeah, probably that probably is all it is. But you know, who wants to take the, that chance, the, right? <laughs> the, right, the things with the, you know when it comes to cracks, man, it. Especially with an SG, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, those guitars are. I mean, it's like you know this. I mean, this guitar is. You know, I mean, it's. I love it, and it's lightweight, and you know, it's and it plays great, and it's. You know, it's all those things, but you know, it's, it's not a strat. It's not. You can't throw it in the trunk with no case and like right. and not worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is how I used to treat my um my precision bass. Funk. <laughs> so right. yeah. so. You know, twenty, you know, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. You know, even Pelham Blue. I mean, I if it were me, I'd probably offer him eight. I might be. That's what I was thinking. That, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if it were for me, I'd probably offer him seven fifty eight or something with the crack, just because that's a question mark. And yep. you know, I if, the, if it didn't have the the finish thing, I might be willing to go up to nine, just because it's as new as it is. But right. even that, I'd hesitate. So, so um. I, I just because we're talking about the SG for a minute and that finish crack and like that's a common problem with SGs. Um, so I was on a forum and I when I first discovered mine had the the like the little finish the telltale finish crack right. So I went on um, I went on Google and I googled it and I came up with this forum and I th- I want to say it's like my Les Paul or something like that. But anyway, I, I scroll down through and there's this guy talking about yeah that's the weakness of SGs that the necks always break right there at the neck pocket and then no. he's like he's like I had one fold up on me on stage I was playing and it just like split in half while I was playing I'm like dude come oh, you on know, it, like cut there the is shit. no way cut oh, the no, shit I, I gotta that is such bullshit I gotta say that that I call bullshit on that he either 
had uh, been duped and purchased a, a, a Chinese copy, or because uh, that, that could happen, or he was full of crap and he had. Remember when they made the Epiphone bolt-ons? And <sighs> it, it, his bolts probably came loose because those things were shit. Dude, they were garbage. I'm, I'm sorry. There's. So there's definitely a few details being left out. Yeah, out what was he doing with it? Was he like pushing on it, like <laughs> Incredible Hulk in it or something? I don't know. Like right. I'm just like, there's no fucking way. Like this, this is yeah. bullshit. So anyway, yeah. moving no, on. No. SDs are no, tougher no. than people think they are. They're they're they okay. First off, they are Gibson. They have the typical, you know, the typical neck angle and all that. But they are you can you can <clears throat> play them pretty hard, and they're not going to break mm-hmm. on you. It's not. Yeah. Well, it's Gibson, not a delicate you know, those, thing. Those, you know, the people that own Gibsons are the exact opposite of the people that own PRSs. They beat the unholy shit out of their guitars. <laughs> well, you know, and, and part of that, do. part of that though, is the finish. So, the, so mine, I've I, I baby mine, right? I've had mm-hmm. mine two years, and it's already. I don't. I put. I wear shirts that hang down over my belt buckle and all that stuff just to make sure that I'm not going to do anything. To that that guitar's got belt buckle rash on it. I'm like, mm-hmm. how? Yeah. How? <laughs> my PRS doesn't. I wonder about that because, you know, that's one of the things that Gibson is so famous for is the ability to keep that finish right. And yet, my PRS does not have buckle rash. Your Neither PRS does, does not have nitro. Huh? Your PRS is not nitro. That's nitro. why. That's right. It's not nitro. And neither does this ESP. The, the um, let me tell you, the EC1000 Deluxe I've got. So. Ne- none of them has buckle rash. Those are all poly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's, and they're poly. Well, I've got a faded S, you know, the, you remember the faded SGs, of course. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> my, yeah. Now, my mom actually bought me one of those for my 30th birthday, and I, you know, which is 10 years ago now, and I still have it. Yeah. Uh, and I, it couldn't have been but about three or four months after, and I'm the same way. You know I mean? I've done this. That was like my actual first Gibson. So, uh, you know, so, I mean, I'm watching this guitar like a hawk. I mean, I'm taking absolutely fantastic care of it. And then, I'll, you know, Four months into it, or something, I look on the back and it's just got this gigantic thing of buckle rash on it that yep. I, you know, that I take, you know, and I, and to this day, I don't know what caused it. I don't know if it was me or if it was something, you know, it's maybe somebody had already bought it and returned it at the store that I got it at and I just didn't notice it's, until then. I don't know. But. No, no, see, so like mine doesn't get played by other people. One other person has had their hands on it and. It's it, honestly, you know what it is. It, their, their finish is very, very soft because it's yes. because it's nitro, right. and so it. But you'll get bell buckle rash to your clothes, and then couple that mm-hmm. with the faded with no clear coat on top, or at least very minimal clear coat. Like they polish up when you play them. Your your mm-hmm. pick will go right through the finish. That was kind of the allure of the faded was that they would show all that debris and damage. But right. it's like, come on, guys, you know. Yeah. Well, at least at least I'll say this. So in this. This world of oh look at me I've got a um uh uh what do you call it a wear uh thing um relic where people relic. yeah where people are relicking their guitars so much that it's like at least it's showing some kind of relicking in a relatively early time frame and there's real relicking um so I had a tribute um Les Paul tribute I traded it for a different one but um, actually sold it and bought a different one but. The tribute, it was already relicking where my forearm was coming up over the guitar. And um, it actually looked good. It reliced well. Mm-hmm. The night went relic real well. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty convinced that my SG is going to look like a relic probably in the next ten years. It's gonna it's gonna start wearing the same way. I just and that's fine. Like I I buy guitars to keep them and play them. I hope that I buy a guitar and I don't flip it. I mean I have flipped a couple, but that's only because like they don't sit well with me long term or something about them. It, it doesn't sit well with my rig at that time, and it's like I really need the money out of this so I can go get this other guitar. But that's the only reason that ever happens. Oh. I had we when I was at the store we you know, we used to joke at that time we had a you know a pretty large uh, I don't know about large but you know, we had probably eight or ten you know, really high end Fender custom shop guitars and one of those guitars was a uh, was a Jetbeck Relic Telecaster okay basically the no ca- the no caster thing yeah 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 it was uh, you know it was the single pickup uh, right. You know, but, but it was a it was a Jeff Beck relic, and you know that was with an eight thousand dollar price tag mm-hmm. on it. And this guitar looked, you I mean, looked like it had been dragged behind a truck. <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> and you know, we used to joke that you know somebody that walk, you know, somebody I, I I have a real hard time thinking of somebody that's going to walk in here with that kind of money is going to walk in here, look up and see that guitar hanging on the wall. Yeah, that's the one I want. You know. It's for, yeah. I'll bet you somebody did though, didn't they? After we, you know, after it hung there for three years, we had to clear really? it out just to get rid of it. Three years, because oh, a yeah. lot of those guitars fly off the shelves up here. Um, mm-hmm. They can't keep. They can, you know they get one and that's it. And like see what, so, the, see what I was saying? It's a lot to do with your area. Yeah, you're only a few hours away, and yet. It didn't sell right. So up here, up here, like for example, when the Ingve Malmsteen the Duckcaster came out, which is the same deal. Like they did the the new old stock. Like and well, that the hell was out the, of it. Uh, that well, that was an actual like a limited run. Uh, you know, you're, you're are you talking about the Play It Loud Strat? Yeah, I thought that. I thought the uh, the Jeff Beck was a limited run too. No, well, no. This it was just a, it was just a custom shop. It was it was, just, it was a Jeff Beck signature. It wasn't the uh, okay okay. Uh, it, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the limited collectors thing. You yeah, know, like like yeah, good. like the David Gilmore Black Strat and all that. Yeah, and, th- and those yeah. those do fly off the shelves. Like I haven't yeah, seen any of those. Oh, sit. Those are a little yeah, that's a little bit different story. And those you know those are generally about a twenty thousand dollar price tag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Those are a little bit different story. But no, this was just a regular hang on the wall Jeff Beck custom shop relic that was eight thousand dollars. You know, it didn't uh, it didn't have all the you know the the crazy extra goodies and stuff that right. some of those are, you know, like the play it loud strat and the, the Frankenstein and the, uh, the, the Lenny and all those other, you know, some of those other ones. Right, that right. Come with. Well, the funny thing was the Lenny sat in our guitar center for a while. That's the only one. Yeah. That's well, funny they, because the Lenny's didn't even get into our guitar center. People bought them. They had the pre-orders. This is, this is a funny story. It, it went in pre-order. People bought the pre-order and then sold their pre-order to somebody else for more money than they paid. And yeah. the guitar never went into anybody's hands. And three people, you know, down the line made money. Well, that's, that's, that happened with the Jimmy Page um, Les Paul too. That's very possible that that's what happened up here. That somebody had sold it and then it was just sitting in the, the display case for like three months before they came pick it up. That, that's yeah. possible. So we actually, when when it came to the Lenny, we actually, I think we sold three of them. Yeah, they were not that limited to run compared to the number one. When that thing came out, that was yeah. They only made the, what the, like twenty of them. Yeah, I can't remember how many how many of the Lenny they made. It was like it was like a hundred something. Yeah, like that. it was it quite was, a bit more. Yeah, but uh, we sold one. I think uh, I want to say Jim Ursay bought one, 
and uh, you know another local collector bought one. Uh, you know, if you, you guys know who Jim Arce is? No. Uh, he's a very he's a he's in the guitar world. He's a very well known guitar collector. He's the guy that he collects. The, he owns the. Um, he owns uh, the, the, the Jerry Garcia's okay. Tiger guitar. Okay. Uh, he oh. just, just purchased uh, Prince's Cloud guitar about a year or so ago. Okay. Uh, not long after Prince passed away, and uh, wow. you know, as well as a lot of uh, you know high end uh, like Beatles memorabilia, and uh, yeah, he's he's the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. So yeah, uh, that's that <laughs> the name. I was trying to think they replaced the name because I'd heard the name before. Yeah, um, so. who's uh? So the cloud guitar, that's an interesting, uh, and just as an aside, there is a guitar player, and I won't say his name because I don't want to embarrass him, but he goes around and tells people like he designed that thing. And like, oh no, no, this is my guitar, I designed it. And it's like, no dude, that's fu- that's fucking Prince's guitar, and it was not designed by <laughs> Prince either. You know, he right. bought it because it was designed by this other dude that he really liked. And Yeah, my understanding is it was designed by a dude, and, uh, you know, some dude that he knew in, in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah, he's a Minneapolis-based luthier, right? Yeah, so uh, my understanding is it was somebody that had worked with him before, and you know that was the initial design, and then eventually Schechter jumped in, and right. you know, they they came out with a couple of different variations that he also used over the I, years. And, Cloud guitar's great. I want the symbol. That was always <laughs> my favorite too. Yeah, yeah, that would be it's the so one. Absurd. So I got I got to ask you three questions, Robert. All right. So question number one: What you if if you had a story to tell um, about? A sale or whatever it gets something center. funny. Give us your best story that you would love to. Share well, with the, you know the one thing that uh, a lot of people. Let me hang this up. Sure, that is a beautiful guitar, Mister Bri- uh, Mister Jackson. Yeah, I dig the gold. I am. I am very, very proud to own that guitar. Worked hard for it. Yes, but you know one thing that. And this is the reason why Guitar Center is is very strict on a lot of their policies. Um, you know, but one thing that a lot of people forget about the guitar business is there is an awful lot of fraud. Uh, yep. There's a there's a lot of fraud and a lot of you know a lot of theft. So, you know, there in this is it's also something that the mom a lot of the mom and pop shops, you know, they don't have to deal with the gangbangers coming in. You know, steal. You know, trying to steal. You know, MIDI controllers and stuff like that. You know, right. Carson gets up all the time. <clears throat> so one day there we had uh, our regional uh, loss prevention manager. What happened to be in uh, uh, the store one day, and uh, his name is Bruce. And Bruce is about six foot five and about four hundred pounds, and uh, a very 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 intimidating man. And uh, he's a great guy, but you know, if there was one guy within the entire Guitar Center organization that you did not want to piss off, it was Bruce McNeil. And Bruce happened to be in the store that day doing what you know, checking up on things, doing what he was doing. <coughs> Meanwhile, back in audio, uh, some kid back there decides that he is going to, you know, he grabbed up you know some MIDI controller that was off of a stack. I think you know. Uh, you know, one of those MIDI keyboard controllers. We had a stack of them setting up back there. He grabbed one, stuck it under his arm, and all of a sudden just started trucking for the front door. You know, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great picked, idea, right? He picked the wrong <laughs> day. Saying, you know, he, <laughs> he's trucking for the front door. So one of the audio guys that was back there said, Stop that guy. He's trying, you know, he's trying to steal something. You know, like I said, Bruce just happened to be right around the corner 
when, you know, uh, as this was going on. Bruce steps around the corner. The kid bounces off of Bruce and hits the floor. Bruce sat on him until the cops got there. (laughs) 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 I'll never forget that. (laughs) Uh, There wasn't any threat of a lawsuit or anything, right? I mean... (laughs) <laughs> Nowadays, if you use force at all, I mean, you know, I, I hear people get stopping people from stealing, and they get terminated. You know, <laughs> well, I I never heard it, heard it go that far. They they were they were and probably still are pretty strict about not um, you know not engaging something. Right. You know, if if you know if 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 you're in a situation like that. To not try to apprehend anybody, you know, and obviously that's for employee safety. You know, right? Guitar center employees are not trained to, you know, perform citizens' arrests. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so, you know, as most retail employees in any retail organization are probably not trained to do so. Um, so that's that's the reason why they're strict about that kind of thing. So, but Bruce, on the other hand, uh, is a uh, was the loss prevention manager, and I think he was. Also, a uh, you know, I think he was a former police officer. So, you know, as funny as that ended, and and thank goodness nobody got hurt. If that guy had a knife, you know, he could have made uh, Bruce's life pretty bad by cutting him in the wrong place. You know, well, he probably could, but like I said, Bruce is a that hemorrhoid. Uh, you know, this kid, I think, probably would have had to have the balls to pull it on him first. Yeah, and, yeah. If he's stealing you know, a mini controller, chances are his balls aren't that big. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you always see the video, you know, on like World's Dumbest Thieves and stuff, where the kid stuffed a guitar down his pants. And, and believe it or not, that same guy tried to do it in the same store after he got out of jail for the first time. Well, <laughs> the thing is, like, if you're gonna steal something, steal something worth stealing. Don't, don't mm-hmm. get a yeah, rib, it was get a, a women mic or something. Don't take a a, a two hundred dollar MIDI controller. I mean, come on, dude. There's more expensive stuff in the effects pedal case than that. We had there was a person that walked out door. Yeah, there was a person that walked out of our guitar center. Um, I don't I don't work at guitar center. I never did, but I'm very close with the guys that are there. I'm really he might they're, as well. they're really good people. And um, they were telling me I asked them about um, same type of question. Said so a guy just picked up a um, a three thousand dollar dove off the shelf mm. or hummingbird. And walked right out the door with it, and nobody noticed. It was like they're they're like where'd that? And it was was used three thousand dollars, so this was a very expensive guitar, and it, it went out, and it was like, uh, where is that? Just don't tell anybody. They you had have it. The, yeah, they went and checked the thing, and the guy just walked out with nobody looking twice as well. There, there was actually a video at one point when uh, you know when when the shrink was getting a little out of control there. Uh, there was actually a video that they were showing all of us employees, uh, you know, about some of the things that, you know, because they, they don't, a lot of times they'll come in in pairs or threes and you know, right. somebody will distract the door guy, you know, and somebody else will, you know, while they've got the, the door guys at the time when they still had door guys, you have the right. back turned, you know, somebody walk out right behind them with a, you know, $3,000 Gibson in their hand. I mean, right. um, you know, and it was, you know, if you're there doing your job, you're trying to take care of customers and, um, you know, it's 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 easy to overlook that. Yeah. You know? So okay, two more questions. That was number one. All right. Okay. Uh, number two. 
you're the one video that if you were to look back on, you would say, that's my best video. I, I like it, whether it's funny or because it had the best piece of gear. What's your favorite video? Your favorite video, not ours. And no, we won't judge. <laughs> I actually, I have. I've actually got three. Yeah, I got, got three of them. From a gear perspective, uh, recently, actually, the demo that I did of the uh, the Beat Buddy, the Beat Buddy Mini. So, okay. Uh, I re- I really really liked how that how that uh, how that video came out. Uh, and and of course it didn't hurt that it was a if you've not used that pedal the buddy is is a fantastic piece of gear and you know I just, it, I had a lot of fun making that video and it just you know unfortunately it didn't generate the views I was hoping that it, that uh, that it would but you know maybe one day it still will regardless uh, it's you know it was I really liked the way that it came out uh, from the more uh, opinion opinionated type uh, <laughs> type videos probably my favorites would be. The uh, worst production guitar video because uh, you know my uh, my, my the, the, the reverse flying V even I got a kick out of out of that when I was editing it. So. <laughs> um, and but the one after the end the uh, the other one that we talked about earlier would be the worst production guitars. Or, I'm sorry, the worst the worst custom guitars. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know that that one I had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I am trying There's to remember the bad top one. bad custom because guitars. It was funny. It was fun. Like the Dick guitar. Yeah, the, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was, was in there, but yeah, it should have yes, been. It was, yes. Who wakes up it was. in the morning and says, "Man, I got to build a guitar that looks like a giant penis." <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Yeah, yeah. whoever that guy was. That was the Wangcaster. That was the yeah, Wangcaster, and that guitar has been highly documented. There's a dude that actually buys. He's buying all these like weird one-off instruments that have appeared on the internet over the years, like that. Uh, and uh, he sold it, I think, on Reverb a while back for like six grand. He bu- he acquired <laughs> it from somebody for like a thousand bucks and sold it for like six grand. So, Jesus, there was another thing you were like, you were like, how the hell do you play that? I I've got to get that that one link because man, these guitars that you listed were just effing funny. I mean, oh, they were just what the the custom guitars. Yeah. Yeah, there is that one. Uh, let's see, the fist, the fist guitar was pretty, was pretty cool. Yeah, you were like, you were like, what do you do? Oh, I'll just make one of these. Did you, did you talk about the Gorky Park one? <laughs> that you know, that's another one that's actually a ton of people have uh, have commented about. It's, you know, because the one thing that I asked in that video was why would you do that, and so many people said that, uh, you know, that it it's designed to look like a Russian folk instrument called a balalaika. Which you know, I, <clears throat> I'm aware of, but you know, I don't care what it was designed to look like. It's still yeah, it was, ugly it, as hell. There's <laughs> a reason that you don't have bio, bio, like a Baluke or whatever on modern records, and it's because they're <laughs> damn near unplayable. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, even I don't care. I mean, that's guitar. That's your thing. Good. Like, go for it. You know. I think that was also somebody even commented on that video recently. Said that that was the guitar that uh, that forced Kramer into the you know the into the situation that damn near, basically put him out of business. Yeah, well, I'm kind of hoping that Gibson does something with Kramer now that that Gibson's going through its financial mess that they might liquidate Kramer and or or uh, resurrect the brand. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. They're, they're one of my they're one of my favorite guitar brands. When I was a kid in the '80s, man, everybody wanted a Kramer. I want so, I want a Beretta. Yeah, I've always <laughs> wanted a Beretta. 
but uh yeah unfortunately they are but a lot harder to find nowadays so need to bring back the banana head stock you know that as well as you know a couple of other brands will get straightened out once uh you know my understanding is gibson kind of seems to be yeah you know this is gonna this is all gonna be a good thing for gibson long term once they you know once they get through the you know the the headaches that, that they're going through right now so right so, All what right. was your last it, question? You had three. You had your top top um, worst customs. Oh no, you you did say it. Okay, I got my third question for you. Are you ready? I'm if ready. You had to go back, and you were like, "There's one video I have up that uh, I wish I hadn't put that up." You mm-hmm. know, but you haven't deleted it. It's still up there, so we can all look at, at what you you. Let's did see, Robert, like, at his worst. Uh, hmm. What's your worst video? What's the one that you go? I wish I had done that. Some of the real early ones, you know, when you start out as a YouTuber, I think it's it's I think it's it's kind of you, you know, have to find God, your sea legs. You're gonna suck. Um, you know, <laughs> so yeah, when I when I first started out, I mean, some of the, you know some of my probably my first 10, 15, 20 videos were were all terrible. Uh, but you know, especially then, I was using this little cheap. Um, yeah. It was a Call of Duty action camera, is what it was. Okay, so like Chinese GoPro. I have that. I have uh, one yeah, of those. So I, so I strapped it up to the side of a mic stand. You know, no lighting uh, whatsoever. And I think it was it was actually on my. Yeah, I did decided to do the video on my Shecker guitar. And you know, it was a bunch of me me talking in the big in the beginning way too much. The recording, the audio quality was absolutely terrible. Um, you know, there was it, it was way longer than it needed to be. I'm, lo- I'm looking at the uh, the screenshots of some of these early ones, and I can tell it, <laughs> it, it is terrible. And it looks like you're kind of like in a fisheye lens. Everything's all yeah, it's like, an action it camera. A, yeah, it was an action camera with a wide angle lens on yep. it. Yeah, yeah, I have that. I got it um, free with like a um, Call of Duty. You had to buy the Call of Duty Ghost, I think it was yeah. um, special edition. And it was like twenty bucks. It was on sale for twenty bucks. I'm like, God, a camera's worth that, and I bought yeah. it. So yeah. the camera is not worth twenty dollars. It's not. <laughs> I think I actually ended up buying two of them. And yeah. I still have them. They're buried in the closet somewhere. The yeah, cameras but... actually themselves are not bad for action cameras. They're like you know, if you're gonna if you're strapped in your head and you're doing skateboarding or something like that. But for what I'm doing with them, they're absolutely terrible. And, yeah. But, Strap you them know, to your guitar. <laughs> Well, they're the thing. They don't. They're. I at first I tried to see if like there was a GoPro accessory or something that would be compatible with it, and there's, you know, they're they they don't fit. So, right, you have to make your own. Right. Yeah. So you know, you either got to fashion something or or rig something up or cut something. You know, you know, and it finally that's all the same. Right. Yeah, so finally I just said, screw it. I'm, I need a real camera for doing what I'm doing. And, yeah, I bought my DSLR. But you know, my worst video, probably, you know, the, probably, you know, that's still up anyway. It's it's probably probably going to have to be that one. So I think it's, <laughs> like I said, I think it's God's, it's, it's God's joke that when you start out as a YouTuber that you're going to suck. So I, I have a final question. So mm-hmm. we're Jim and I are both embarking on this YouTube journey as well to promote the podcast. Uh, if we become YouTubers as a part of this, that's one thing. But 
the main thing for us is to promote our podcast. So we're doing videos, and do you have any tips? Like, now, nah, I just general tips because obviously we know lighting, cameras, stuff like that. That's you know that's yeah, obviously a huge part lights. of it. Fortunately, I have a lot of that <laughs> stuff already. But um, is there anything else that we could you know learn from you? Yeah, the thing with YouTube is a real is a funny thing, and it's it's every time I think I've I've got a formula figured out that uh, you know that's gonna you know, help continue to grow, you know, the, then I'll, I'll go throw something together and it ends up not working like I thought it would. <laughs> uh, you know, like the last couple of, uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times, you know, when I do, when I do those videos, you know, worst of, and, you know, top seven tips for whatever, you know, those are, you know, I do those partially because, you know, I do, I do it for my enjoyment and I do them because I think it's, it's, it's good information that I think people would want to hear. And, uh, you know, and I also do it because there's, those are generally ways to generate, generate some views. And the last few that I've done, haven't done quite that, but, <laughs> cool. uh, the thing that I think, and I hate, I kind of hate to say this, but you know, one of the things that's kind of helped my channel take off is, you know, don't be afraid to piss people off. Uh, yeah, uh, Jim and I <laughs> learned that real fast. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I know you guys, you know, you get, I think you guys kind of take the trolls the same way that I do because yep. there, there doesn't seem to be any way to, you know, or any clear cut instructions about how to deal with trolls. You know, common sense tells you, oh, you know, don't engage with them, you know, let them do their thing, just ignore them and all that stuff. And, and I was talking to a buddy of mine, uh, another YouTuber named Russell Wells. Okay. Uh, his, you ought to check out his channel. His channel is called Riffs and Chugs TV. You know, he's it's primarily metal guitar, but uh, you know, but he's you know he does a lot of recording tips and stuff like that. Uh, his audio is fantastic, by the way. But uh, you know, he and I were talking, and you know, because he gets a lot of that stuff too. And you know, he said, "Hey, you know, fuck, I just troll back." You know, so I'm finally thinking, why am I not trolling back? So I started yeah. trolling back. <laughs> uh, there's an, there's another you guy know, so. we know, uh, Jim and I know uh, Ryan Burke from Sixty Cycle Home, and he gets mm-hmm. a lot of trolls, and he. Just goes right back at him. It's mm-hmm. hysterical sometimes because he'll he'll get a bunch of people from the Facebook group to get involved, and it gets pretty ridiculous at times. But uh, yeah, I've, I've I've seen quite quite a few of his videos, and uh, I mean, for the long time, for the longest time, their channel, what their YouTube channel anyway, was basically just you know it was a camera on a pedal and captions. And, oh, he was still yeah. so he did the the gas and go videos, which is all stuff that he'd already owned. He did that as a fast way to grow the channel. Like I know Ryan pretty well now. I mean, we he and I. Kind of gone back and forth for several years, and I, I finally got to meet him at they Gear drank Fest this Kool-Aid year. Together a couple weeks ago, yeah, I got to meet him at Gear Fest, and he came out, and he actually we stayed we stayed in the same place, and then we I did an episode with him, but we um, they hugged each other. There's a lot of hugging. I don't remember if there was any hugging. I'm not really a huggable guy. I called him a rapist. <laughs> that's what, that's just, when he came when he you came like, to the house at two o'clock in the morning, and he knocked on the door. I opened the door, and I said, "Are you a rapist?" You, you were like, "Did you help me move this this couch?" Yeah, help like, me put this couch the in the back of my Passat. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm kind of jealous of him because you know he's, uh, uh, you know his his personality. He seems like a great guy. He's the most genuine I, dude. I cannot uh, stress that enough. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's you know his personality. You know, he's kind of you know seems like you know kind of quiet, reserved, and you know this is. This is the gear. This is the info, and uh, and you know, and that's about it. And there's you know, there's nothing wrong with that, uh, you know. But all of a sudden, his channel's taken off, and you know, because he, he you know he, he's like a total op- polar opposite kind of guitar player from what I am, 
you know, he's into the shoegaze effects and, you know, the octave yep. tremolo. He's, he's uh, actually, so so it's going to surprise the hell out of you. His thing is surf rock guitar. And yeah. that, he is, when he gets going, he is a monster at it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's so funny because he ends up demoing these drives and stuff that's like, I don't really use that stuff that much. Right. His, basically what he uses is a DOD 250 and a spring reverb. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, but, you know, and he's, but, you know, for that kind of stuff, he's, you know, he's great, you know, and I'm, you know, doing distortion pedals and, you know, overdrives and delays and, yeah. you know, high gain amps. And, uh, you know, I'm actually getting ready to um, start demoing uh, some products for uh, Panama guitars, you know. Okay. Well, I think okay. as far as, I think as far as like, um, <clears throat> Aside from the the musicians, and I'm not saying that Ryan isn't a talented musician, but that's not what he's doing when he does the 60-cycle hum thing. Um, They're kind of the PewDiePie of of this guitar industry. I mean, you know, Brian Wampler, you know, Wampler obviously is popular, (laughs) but... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the, it, well, when PewDiePie was doing well. Yeah, before he started um, uh, becoming a racist. Yeah, before, well, before he opened his mouth. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I could go off camera and talk about that because my my son was a huge PewDiePie fan, and I, you know, I I I don't think it was all that. But anyway, um, the the thing that um, that we're looking at here is that really sixty cycle hum is the first. Um, one where Ryan and Steve aren't really anybody in the guitar industry. Mm-hmm. There's two dudes, like we are. We're three dudes. Yeah, right? they've done a really good yeah. job of like becoming a part of the industry by being just two guys. And mm-hmm. the thing that I think is important is they represent the hobbyist segment, and like yes. that's that's huge because so many podcasts are either aimed at the upper level professional or they're yep. aimed at you know the like the um, the weekend warrior, I guess. Right. So, yeah, and we didn't want to be. I looked at a lot of podcasts before I asked David to join me. This thing was over a year in the making, and <laughs> a lot longer I, than that. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't want to be um, another one of this. Like, I don't want to be another sixty cycle hum. They do what they do, and they do it well. They do it really why well. Wanna, yeah. Right, and why would I want to even step into their territory? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be another Glenn Fricker. I don't want to be another, you know, uh, Tyler Larson. I certainly don't want to be another Jared Dines. So mm-hmm. everything that I do or that we do has got to be different. Um, so it, it, that said, we wanted to start bringing people to, you know, to interviews like yourself mm-hmm. who are, who are people that are doing this all the time. Um, because, uh, we're trying to find out, okay. Well, what is this all about? <laughs> you, you, know, you just mentioned a couple of guys that uh, that I, I actually follow quite a bit. You know, Glenn Fricker and uh, you know Jared Dines is probably my favorite guy on YouTube. I, I've uh, met Glenn. Uh, have you really? Yeah, I, 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 met, I met him at Gearfest. No, was he there? You got to go next year. Just don't tell your yeah. bosses. Well, <laughs> I don't think they would have had a problem. <laughs> you know, an hour and a half up the road, I probably you know I don't know. I think I had something going on that weekend. It was yeah. If, if you go next year, Jim and I are going to be there. Let us know. Um, yeah. We'll we'll sit down, talk to you, and like hang out. Oh yeah. I'd hit yeah. your ride with Wampler. He lives right down the road from you. Well, mm-hmm. he's he's actually down in Martinsville, which is like yeah, south yeah quite a bit further. But I, I, I was just joking. Yeah, but I know he's down the yeah. area. Uh, but uh, you know, but those guys, you know, I, I I watch their channels and follow them pretty closely. 
you know, Jared, I think, is one of the most talented guitar players on YouTube right now. I think he's absolutely amazing. And, you know, plus the fact he's also hysterical. Uh, you know, and I like Glenn's, you know, Glenn's no bullshit approach to, uh, you know, to the things that he does on his channel. Uh, you know, he's, he's been a, he, that guy's been a studio rat for a long time. He's, he knows what he's talking about. No, so. he does. He does. And when uh, you sit with him, that's what you find out immediately. It's like, he knows yeah. the shit. So, yeah. So, you know, I, and I, you know, and then, along with a couple of other guys, you know, fluff, I, I, I really like Ryan Bruce's channel. Yeah. He's got a good channel uh, too. You know, I, I like the way that, that, uh, that he presents things. I like, uh, oh God, I, you know. Who else? Uh, you know, Pete Thorne. I think is probably the coolest guy. Oh yeah, Pete you know, Thorne definitely. I, yeah, I um, mean, like you know, if there's if there's another YouTube guy that I've got that I would have a man crush on, it would be Pete Thorne just because he's that cool. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> if you yeah, have, dude. If you yeah. have, <laughs> if you haven't watched him, the guy that we love is Stevie T. I I love yeah, Stevie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he yeah, is that. he is so funny. He just seems like the kind of guy that if I met him, I would want to have a beer with him. I would want to sit down with him and talk to him. Um, same with, uh, um, I got to meet him in uh, Baltimore, um, Philip McKnight. Yeah, I've, I've watched Bill's channel quite a bit, too. Yeah. And, uh, he's, uh, I, <clears throat> and his channel is, you know, his kind of, and you can see some of the earlier videos, you know, where he was, you know, basically was it was just him and a video camera. It wasn't really even micing up any amps. Right. Uh, oh, but he was—he was just doing such a good job presenting stuff, and yep. uh, you know. And I was—I've watched all of these different channels, you know. And I kind of wanted to, you know, to want to be something like some of these things, but some of these guys, but I didn't want to clone any of them. You—you right. you, you know, you definitely. So. so, what you bring to the table, like at least from when I watch, um, is you're more genuine. Like those guys rehearse and stuff, and like <laughs> you can tell they've got, you know, they know exactly what they're going to say. We, uh, when I watch you, I feel like your cadence in your speech and everything is like very much. This is me, and right. if you don't like it, go to hell. <laughs> that's well, it, and to be honest with you, that's pretty much the, the approach that I take. Now, when I do a top ten list, of yeah, whatever, you have it written you know, down. I'll, I'll have those, you know, written down in front of me just so that I don't forget them. But uh, you know, the items anyway. But I don't, uh, you know, as far as scripting and stuff. And I get a lot of a lot of viewers to comment and say, you know, you really should script your stuff out so that you don't sound like, man, eh, you know what? Take that. No. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Four, three, two, one. Yeah, that's usually how <laughs> yeah. I introduce the, uh, Jim to the uh, the episode of the night is to tell him that he is number one. Right. You know, <laughs> the thing that the thing that ticks me off with, um, about some of that, and you're absolutely right, is um, at that point you come across. You see a lot of those videos. There, every time there's a little bit of dead air, you see a clip. You see it cut, mm -hmm. and I think that's the great thing about Stevie T. Somehow. That guy is, you know, he, you know who reminded me of him was uh, from uh, the other day, uh, Thomas. He's got energy, and that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just this this quick wit and this, this incredible energy. And um, not all of us are like that. But then again, we don't want to come across as, um, you know, uh, let me tell you all about this thing right. that I've got here. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't comes want across to, as fake. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound come across as robotic or fake or anything like that to you know to my viewers, and you know, and that's also kind of the, you know the reason why I record the way that I do. If you guys didn't know this, you know, I, I generally have a mic or two in front of a cabinet that goes straight into a Tascam four track, and the Tascam is synced up straight with my camera, and you know that goes straight onto the video. It doesn't go through. I don't go through a DAW or anything like that. 
other than some minor level adjustments or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's, kid, so, that's the know. best way to do it, and that's what I try to do, too. I got an HS8 that I run uh, that, that does all my audio, and then just run it into the computer. Mm-hmm. and That's how I'm planning to do it going, going forward. I've, I've been experimenting with it, and we put up a couple of videos already. So Yeah, right. so I'm running a... Um, right now, I'm running a... Uh, uh, Sony Vegas Pro is my video editor. Mm-hmm. Using Ableton Live as my um, input, and I just bought this little guy because I was running the cabinet direct, but I just bought this little guy SM57 to throw in front of the cab because everybody's like, "Well, yep. my right. my co-host, which I'm pointed to, where am I on the screen? <laughs> where am I on the screen? So you're probably right going to be over. Am I pointing at you right now? I think no, that's where you're going to be. No, I think that's where you're going to be, Jim. Right. Other way, you other go. way. You're going to be over there. This- that's where okay. you're going to be when I when I edit this. Yeah. So the, my co-host over here, he told me to get this, um, which which is probably right. I should probably have an SM57, but I have an E609, so I might get a, um, <laughs> another input channel and then run both at the same time for the inputs. Um, and I bought a, a, you know, one of these things because he's sitting on there with with these. I have two. Um, you know they are not yeah. Oh look! I go look what I got. Look what I got. Look, Jim. I I, I haven't bought any gear. That's the beauty of it. I haven't bought any gear. Yeah, it's at twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty thirty. He's yeah, talking through twenty thirty five. So I'm talking to an, a twenty thirty five, which is just a twenty twenty with like a top end cut that I'm not using mm. or low end cut. One of the two. Yeah, it's a low cut. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm getting ready to beta test a. Uh, a, a Panama Guitars is coming out with you know it's probably already out. Uh, the, the, it's a sports wall cabin they got called the Prometheus Cab. I don't know if you guys follow that brand or not. A little bit. <laughs> I was actually looking at one the other day after I saw yours. Yeah, they're you know, they're they're fantastic amps. They're all built in Panama, the 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 country. Uh, yep. Hence hence the name. But this they they got this Prometheus Cab, and what it is, it's got two. Um, Two Alnico blue type speakers and two uh, British ceramic type speakers in it, but more than that, it's actually got like three different modes on it that uh, you know, so you can run all four speakers. Uh, then on one mode, on another mode, it has two ceramics and one Alnico, and then the third mode is two Alnicos and one ceramic. And then there's a bunch of other filtering and stuff going on on the inside of it, so it's it, that like oh. produces three true different voicings. But uh, that's wild. So, yeah, so I'm actually getting ready. I'm gonna have to buy some more recording equipment that I don't have because you know micing this thing up is going to be tricky. Yeah, because you're gonna have but, to get two uh, two speakers and a room mic probably. You know, yeah, you, you, yeah, at least that. So, um, <clears throat> but uh, so I'm gonna need some more mic pre's and you know some you know I don't have a I don't have a decent large condenser large diaphragm condenser mic. So twenty twenty is pretty yeah, good. It's cheap too, hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the twenty thirty five. I got my twenty thirty five used for a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. If it, it with the with the shock mount, <clears throat> which the, the you always pay extra. Ch- it's like twenty bucks extra or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we've all got to have that. Um, you know, because these days, you know, I, I don't know. You, you, I'm sure you remember. Everybody was YouTubing just using their phone, and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden. Um, it's got, they, the production values have gone through the roof almost instantly. Oh yeah, and so suddenly, my, my so my daughter was asking me because she her husband wants to start a gaming channel, and it's like, how much money do you want to put into that, or can you put into us? I said, you probably want a grand at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and maybe two because 
you're going to want lighting. I got to get two lights for this room. So two more lights for this room. So I can even out the light on my face. Um, and you've got to have audio. And even if you're just a YouTuber that's talking, you're going to need one of these. You're going to need a mic stand. You're going to need, um, you know, uh, a spit filter, a pop filter. Um, yep. You got to have all these things. And it used to be you could just sit your phone in front of yourself and then record. Yeah. But now, and then you need the software and you need decent video and audio editing software. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. There is, it, it, it's, it blows my mind how many, you know, how much stuff that, I mean, I've invested a fair amount of money into my, uh, my recording rig and, you know, not a lot. I mean, not like, I don't know if you guys watch Henny Pauly's. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that I, I, can't even fathom well, but he's got a whole studio that's his thing like yeah, his whole house a, is a studio right yeah. but he's got yeah. a good quarter to a half million dollars worth of stuff down there that's yeah. not including the cost of his home that's the mm. stuff that's in well there. i mean just the video equipment alone i mean he's yeah. got some hot black magic cameras and you yeah. know, uh you know it it's it <laughs> uh it, it's pretty impressive especially for you know for a youtube channel that does demos with a bunch of penis jokes in it yeah uh, you know, and, I, and and I and I say that in a great way. He's at, I, I oh yeah, I love his stuff. with him on you on uh, Facebook a couple of times. You know, just picking his brain, asking his advice just on a couple of things. He's actually a really great guy. Yeah, he's super uh, nice. I, I really, I really enjoy his channel. But you know, but I've, I've, you know, what I can I consider you know the the money that I've invested pretty you know substantial for a guy like me anyway and. You know, and I still, you know, I've got the, the camera. I'm, I, I know how to get it in focus and hit the record button. And if you told me that I, you know, if you told me to do anything else with it, I wouldn't have any idea. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, you know, it. But you're, it's, it's, you're right. It's blown up to the point that, you know, the, you know, my little Call of Duty camera would have been perfect for it, you know, ten years ago, and. Widely accepted. People you know? are using production crews now. I mean, it's getting to the point where, like, they got like oh, a guy yeah. that does nothing but camera. Yep. Now they've but, got. Well, if you look at that pedal show, they have. Yeah, that. yeah. So if you've ever seen recently, they they changed their studio, so you got a chance to. They switch the camera around and they point it in the other direction, mm-hmm. and you look at it. It is a regular soundstage, yeah. and so they've got you know what looks like the corner of a room like we have. When you turn it around, they've got um, track lighting and track um, boom mics, just like you would have to do, like, a, if you were recording um, a family um, uh, comedy or a, um, a soap opera. That's what that's what it looks like in there. Yeah, and but- so, and of course, they've got, um, which is which is a good idea, they've got the um, cameras pointing down. You see it in the Andertons videos, too. You see the cameras pointing down at the gear when they're doing their shots and everything else. And of course, the camera pointing at each other's faces and the cameras pointing it. It's just mm-hmm. there's a lot of work going on there. So, and, oh, absolutely, there is. You know, and it's you know, but I, I guess I do get to uh, get to tell people that I'm still just a you know a one a one man crew and completely right. independently financed out. Of my own pocket, and, so, and that means a lot. Yeah. That's we made we made it really clear at this point that that's how we are too. We're not really taking money from manufacturers or anything. We do have some relationships with various people, but it's not like, hey, give me money, we'll promote your stuff on the show, and that's never the way it's going to be. So and we don't actually get money from anybody. Um, David bought shirts and cards 
Um, and came course, out of my pocket. We've all bought the gear, um, and we're still buying um, recording gear. Uh, then you've got um, every month the the channel costs money, you know, to host it. Um, so it's not free and it's not cheap. And you've at least got some of the videos now that where you're you're at a point where you're probably getting a little revenue here and there. Yeah, a, a little, you know, a little bit of ad revenue is not much. It uh, well, and I'll tell you what, it was actually pretty. It it took off in a hurry because I spent I spent my first two years on YouTube, and uh, you know, my first two years on YouTube, and I scratched and clawed my way to three hundred subscribers after two years, and then all of a sudden I had a video take off, and I went from three hundred to twelve hundred in about three weeks, and uh, then I you know, and then it's it's it started to snowball from there. Finally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's you know I mean I, I I would really like for this to be my uh, uh you know to be my, my primary yeah. living right. so yeah this is this is what I love to do right yeah but we're, we're having a good time doing it too so yeah, yeah. I'm not That's looking to make this a living but it certainly would be nice to have it start paying um, for itself <laughs> and you know like a gig it's at least where there's a little bit of money coming from it and it pays for itself exactly yeah my advice keep don't just forward is the only direction and right. you know keep uploading and keep uh, you know keep broadcasting and all that stuff and you know what what will happen is all that stuff will all pile up together and eventually it'll snowball right. so you know, it's, it's already started. To be honest with you, it's already started. We're seeing our numbers yeah. go through the roof already. So, yeah, yeah we hard, hard work it, beats skill every time. Yeah, and I think that's a you know, um, it's a testament certainly to just keep rolling, keep rolling. I mean, I look at some of these YouTube channels and uh, podcasts, and you know, not not to brag about ours, but. It certainly rolled a little faster than some of the other ones that I've seen, mm-hmm. and I think it's got to do with number one. We we love to pick guests' brains like yours, and we're gonna we've we've gone long enough. We're gonna have to split this into two episodes. Oh uh, no, uh, no 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 no! We're this will be no. another super colossal mega episode. This will be a salute, super colossal mega episode. Yeah, <laughs> um, it'll be definitely for the long rides. Um, but um. We we know that you've got to spend time, and there are peaks and valleys, and you've got to find what is it that actually gets out there. I mean, you know, I look at a guy like you know Glenn Fricker. We mentioned him earlier. We all, you and I both like his channel. Mm-hmm. Dave might not be as crazy about it. But no, actually, I'm turning it around. Like I was watching Glenn yeah. Fricker today. So yeah, I was watching it. I watched his thing today too. The the last video he put out. I, I watch his videos um, almost every week, and mm-hmm. his thing is to use sarcasm as a tool that's his sarcasm is his weapon and if you can't get into that kind of comedy well then blow it out your ass my only thing with jared dimes i you know i think jared dimes is a great metal player and everything else i know he did gents it's not my thing but that's that's cool and it's and it's good that said i was i just thought that he handled the whole fake guitar thing a little childishly and we called him out on that yeah i think i think we did a good enough job on that you know when he, he somebody sold him an eighteen string guitar or seventeen oh, string guitar? Oh yeah, you know the whole shenanigans. Go back and listen to our episode because we talk about it. We talk. Yeah. We talked to the guy that that built it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, so, we had him on. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I'll listen to that. Yeah. So. I, well, we didn't have him on the show because he refused to appear. But a- we after did the read a, controversy broke, we wrote it. We read a statement. Yeah, we read a statement. We read and 
And we read a statement. Dines is such a big channel that he had a pop up. Yeah, his publicist got in touch with us. Yeah, which I kind—I kind of thought was a little lame. I thought that he should come on and just, even if he just wanted to call us a pair of dicks, and mm. you know, and say, "Hey, man." Uh, yeah, we would have settled for five minutes I of him calling us a dick. Like, this is my yeah. guitar, and I'm gonna do what I want, you asshole. Like, no, right. <laughs> I, they know about it because I put it on their Twitter page. So, yeah, but I just thought, you know, I, I thought it was kind of a dick move to smash it when he could have like given it to your um, thing, even if all they did was sell it and buy a couple other instruments. Somebody would have bought that piece of crap right. just because it was Jared Dine's piece of crap. Right. And and that was my point to it is it was a it was a piece of garbage, but um you know, at least it would have generated a little money for something good. That's what that's what um so we we were talking about 60 cycle hall. They threw a guitar off a um, a bridge. <laughs> but you know what that generated? How many how many tens of thousands of dollars did they get? They got almost twenty thousand dollars, didn't they? It's something like that. Yeah, and yeah. They, and and they got about twenty people at Gearfest walking up to Ryan going, "Are you gonna throw that guitar off a bridge?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I can't speak for you know what I, I, I've never interacted with uh, with any of those guys. I, I kind of keep keep my fingers crossed because I still get I still get emails and stuff about you know so and so is. You know, now now subscribe to your channels. I keep kind of getting my fingers crossed open that, you know, one of these days, one of those guys is going to subscribe to my channel and think that I'm, you know, in, you know. Give, It'll give happen. Me a but, you know, so I, but. Yeah, you are I, listening uh, to us. It'll happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, my thing was that um, when I when I heard your channel, I, I'd seen your videos come up, and I've watched them over the last couple of years. I've watched one here and there. I wasn't a subscriber, but when you did that custom guitar thing, I, or, actually, it was it was when you did the um, the the production guitars. I laughed my rear end off, and I and I'd always check whenever I saw your face come up, I'd click on it. You know, that one that one's the one that's taken off the most. It's I think that one's the last time I looked is like four hundred forty thousand. Or something like that, which for my channel is quite a bit, uh, yeah. and, and generally and, and overall a pretty positive response. You know, that one, yep. I, I expected quite a few people to get. You know, there there's a couple of reverse V reverse V owners that got pissed off. But, oh, uh, fuck them! You know? <laughs> fuck them! They were stupid enough to buy one. Yeah, well, that's why I said something about Samurai Guitars because he actually he actually said he said it in a joking way. You know, he was like, oh, they made fun of my guitar, you know, but he wasn't like, oh, they made fun of my guitar. He was. So if you get a chance to check out his channel, he's. Uh, uh, I, I, I've seen quite a few of his videos and I and I did. I even saw one video where he was uh, where he was showing off his own guitar collection and the, the one, you know, he got to the reverse V. And, yeah. You know, because he loves that guitar. And, yes, he does. He does. But he's admitted that uh, you know even a number of people have told him that it's hideous. I didn't. I don't know if he ever. I didn't know if he had seen my you know my <laughs> my video or not. I'm sure it probably crossed his path at some point. But, um, <laughs> but well, uh, he he seems like a he seems like he, like a good dude. That's uh, you know he's pretty you know he's got a sense of humor. Yes. Well, it's been uh, really good having you on. Uh, we're getting here close to the end of our two hour mark, so I want to make sure that we you know kind of wrap things up in a tidy manner. Um, you're you like any of our other guests that we've had so far is welcome to come back and promote anything they're doing at any time they want, and uh, we really appreciate having you on, Jim. Absolutely, I enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming. All right.